Hello, 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 and welcome to the Health and Wellness Connection TV show. I'm your host, Dr. Barry, and I want to thank you for joining us to what I hope will be a very entertaining and exciting and informative episode. Now, you know, you know, we're doing our thing out here in Houston, Texas, home of Afro Vibes TV. I'm sure you heard of it. You know, we're, you know, getting a lot of attention. I want to thank you guys for always supporting, always watching, and especially those who are watching Health and Wellness TV show making sure that you're getting some of the up-to-date and most current health and wellness information out there curated by yours truly now this has been kind of a crazy week because of course you know it's summertime it's starting to warm up you know we see typically this is the time of year where people start to get outdoors start to mix and mingle and do all that you know things that we typically like to do in the spring and summertime however the thing that everyone has been focused on for the past few years is still a thing and it proves that it will likely alter how we maneuver for the many you know next few years all right guys so as we stated corona is still a thing so you know first things first as we do typically on the health and wellness connection tv show let's break down some of the numbers so of course we got the top five countries as we typically show every week and again usa is still number one um, india is number two brazil is number three France is number four, and Russia is number five. Now, the U.S. is still number one and has held that, you know, uh, ignominious uh, distinction for the past year and a half plus. So, the good thing is that the numbers are definitely improving, especially on the death rate side. We see here, typically for USA, we're averaging about 50 to 70,000 new cases per day. Um, but again, the deaths actually are, you know, actually holding steady, um, about 800 deaths or so per day. Now, the good thing is that um, the vaccine has penetrated um, a large pop, uh, portion of the population here in the United States. About 25% to 30% are believed to be vaccinated. Uh, many scientists and researchers, it's believed that about 25 to 30% of the population has currently been vaccinated against the COVID-19 virus here in the United States. It's believed that this will help keep those death rate numbers low despite the new infection rates may surge, especially given what we're seeing is a potential summer um, boom of new cases. Um, now, United States again, doing okay, but still number one. India has actually started to rise quite a bit, and they are actually increasing in both their cases and uh, their deaths. But like we said before, throughout this pandemic, the Indian nation has had a relatively low death rate, and despite their 1.3 billion people, have actually not had too many uh, of their population succumb to the virus. However, new infections are quite prevalent and have been rising quite steadily throughout the past few months. Brazil, again, the nation that we've talked about quite a bit here due to their very difficult time dealing with the pandemic and now addressing the rising cases and numbers and even variants, Brazil has also noticed consistent increases in both infections and deaths. Brazil has actually been said to believe now the true epicenter of the COVID-19 virus with over 3,000 plus deaths per day. Um, these deaths are some of the highest in the world per capita and have really caused a lot of scrutiny to be focused on the Brazilian nation. Now, that being said, they're averaging about 80,000 to 90,000 deaths per day, and literally with a population of about 100 million people less than the United States, yet averaging four or five times the number of deaths and about the same number of infections, it really shows that you know the Brazilian country is truly dealing with um, a very severe coronavirus pandemic. 
That being said, you know, many eyes are on Brazil to hopefully tackle some of the issues regarding their management of the pandemic so that they can start to see a decrease in those deaths that they're seeing at a very high rate currently. France is number four, uh, roughly about 39,000 new cases per day, about 300 or so deaths per day. They've kind of been holding steady. You know, they're also pushing to vaccinate the, the public in their um, various locales. Again, France is part of the EU, and the EU has had a lot of turmoil with their vaccine rollout program as well. Uh, we'll talk about some of that as well. But again, it's been a touch and go as far as vaccine availability, as well as people agreeing to take the vaccine due to whatever preconceived notions or issues they may have. And that has led to somehow a fairly low uptick of people getting the jab in the European nation. Um, that being said, France is still doing what it can to help reduce spread by, you know, pushing for mass usage, still limiting activity, and overall, you know, encouraging vigilance against the COVID-19 virus. Russia, the fifth nation on the list, um, still holding steady, um, averaging about 8,000 or so new cases per day, about 300 deaths per day. So very good as far as their overall numbers. Um, still have had, they've been also again very early with their push to vaccinate um, with their own homemade Sputnik vaccine. And so, you know, it's believed that due to their, you know, likely, uh, you know, large uh, pervasive uh, vaccinated population, they're likely, you know, um, benefiting from that with their lower death rates that we're seeing at, in the Russian nation. So guys, as, as you can see, the coronavirus is still spiking. Certain areas like Brazil are really noticing very significant increases in new infections. So something that we definitely need to be vigilant about as far as figuring out the best way to handle these coronavirus infections. So as we stated, guys, the virus is really hitting certain parts of the country, especially hard. Now the country I wanted to highlight just a little bit closer is the nation of Brazil. Again, Brazil, a nation, a large nation of over 240 million people has really had a hard time dealing with the coronavirus infection. It's believed that over 350,000 people have died from the coronavirus at this time, making it one of the highest nations as far as death percentages per population throughout this pandemic. It's believed currently that over 90% of the state's intensive care units are occupied and at, you know, the brink of, of collapse due to the crush of new patients that they're experiencing every day. So, you know, definitely people on the ground are very, very concerned about the spread and have really, you know, you know, really start to cry out to the international community for help as far as helping them maintain and keep, uh, you know, the virus from causing too much havoc um, in their uh, country. Now, uh, it's believed that um, the death toll, like I said, has just hit past 340,000, just right behind the United States. So those numbers are exceptionally high given the population. Now, Brazil is just one nation, but India, as we stated previously, is also dealing with a large number of new deaths, large number of people getting um, uh, infected. And uh, it seems like despite the push to vaccinate everyone there in the nation of India, which is actually one, has one of the highest vaccinated populations, they're still struggling to keep the infections and the new infections, sorry, the, the new, they're still struggling to keep infections from rising significantly despite the push to vaccinate the population, which gives up you know, which begs the question. So yeah, so these infections in people who are even vaccinated has created a lot of controversy in the medical community and has raised new questions about who fits the profile for the ideal candidate to be vaccinated. It's believed that certain locations are actually experiencing new infections in people who are fully vaccinated. Now, what we can say is that those who have been fully vaccinated are experiencing markedly decreased um, effects of their infections uh, and they're actually doing exceptionally well when it comes to deaths and, and new um, 
you know, complications from the coro their coronavirus infections. Now, as we've stated throughout this whole um, coronavirus pandemic, there's been various mutations of the virus and has caused some concern amongst those uh, scientific professionals looking at making sure the vaccines that are on the market are as effective as possible. Now, there's various variants from the UK variant to the Brazilian variants to the South African variant, and uh, which has actually gotten a lot of attention lately due to the concern that it is actually able to um, infect people who are fully vaccinated, causing concern that the vaccines may not be as effective as initially proposed. Um, one vaccine in particular, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, is actually believed to be less than 70% effective in treating or preventing a coronavirus infection, especially when dealing with the South African variant. It's believed the South African variant is actually spreading pretty much everywhere now, and it's causing a lot of concern in different populations, concern that they may not be able to protect their population successfully, especially even with the vaccines currently on the market. Now, different companies have released boosters and modify their vaccines that we've talked about on previous shows from Johnson & Johnson to Moderna. Um, even Pfizer has even looked at ways to making their vaccine more effective against the South African variant. Now the Pfizer vaccine, which has really gotten a lot of positive attention due to its low side effect profile and extremely high efficacy rate, meaning that it can be very effective in helping people create immunity to the vaccine. The concern is that um, the vaccines that were currently on the market weren't really as effective in treating these new mutations like the South African variant. Now the Pfizer variant has been very, the Pfizer vaccine I should say, has been very effective in minimizing you know, the risk of complications and it was believed that it was probably the best option as far as tackling some of the more new sophisticated variants that are mutating out here. Now. Israel has been an interesting country because they actually were one of the first countries to receive the vaccinations and they have one of the highest levels of vaccinations in their population. What I think last count over 60% to 70% of the population has already been vaccinated. So they serve as a great uh, 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 case study, if you will, to see how the vaccine is affecting the population, how the, the COVID is affecting in a population that's mostly vaccinated. And it's, so, and it's shown that people are still testing positive despite being vaccinated. Now, the numbers are very low. I think the last study that was done out there, done by a local you know, university, Tel Aviv University, uh, they looked at various uh, tests of people who were vaccinated. It was found that people who had been screened, who had already been vaccinated, were still testing positive. Now, these, a lot of these people had very low symptoms. They were actually fairly, uh, fairly uh, well appearing, didn't really have any significant complications, but they were testing positive raising concern that they could still potentially spread the virus to potential vulnerable populations. Now, it was found that those who were testing positive, despite getting the vaccine, most of them were actually being infected with the South African variant of the coronavirus. So, which is raising concerns that potentially these new variants, including the South African variant, may not be as effective in preventing complications, or sorry, preventing um, people from getting sick from new infections. That being said, it's believed that you know, despite some of these breakthroughs we're seeing in certain infections, the vaccine is extremely effective in helping prevent complications and severe death and morbidity from coronavirus. So a new study shows a very concerning potential development in people who suffered a coronavirus infection, especially amongst men. It's believed that those who have had an infection with the coronavirus have a six times increased risk of developing erectile dysfunction. 
Meaning that if you're someone who likes to engage in intercourse and you get the coronavirus, there's a good chance that you may lose your ability to function in bed. So if you don't want to be a victim and you're someone who's already suffering from issues as far as medical ailments or you may already have erectile dysfunction, then you should be first in line to get vaccinated or working your absolute best to make sure you are living your healthiest life to reduce your risk of any significant coronavirus infection due to the fact that erectile dysfunction may be something you could potentially develop if you were to get a significant infection with the coronavirus. Now, this study actually came out of, like we said, University of Rome, um, led by uh, Professor Emmanuel Giannini, um, who actually kind of looked at people who developed the coronavirus infection, looked at some of the short-term and long-term complications of these patients, and found that people who were older, had diabetes, who were obese, as well as who smoked, all these things will increase their risk for erectile dysfunction. Now, combine all those previous risk factors with coronavirus infection um, really led a high risk of people developing these, this condition, causing, of course, a lot of upset individuals in this study. So just another reason, guys, why it's so important to make sure you're doing what you can to stay healthy, to practice social distancing, to wear a mask, and get vaccinated if you're someone who's definitely a high-risk individual because, again, a lot of complications we're seeing long-term from blood clots to you know brain aneurysms to now erectile dysfunction. So again, take it seriously, guys. This thing can cause a lot of issues. All right, guys, and in another news, it appears that the Chinese vaccine, which really hasn't had a whole lot of information behind it due to some of the, I guess, efforts of the Chinese government in releasing that information to the public, they've actually come out in a rare form of acknowledgement that the Chinese vaccine is actually not very effective in providing immunity to the coronavirus. Now, the Ch China's top disease official came out today, uh, came out actually um, uh, this week and stated this. So it's definitely kind of a real rare admission that um, something from China is not really, um, you know, meeting the standard. And that's something that, you know, you know, where they're admitting for the first time. So um, it's kind of interesting because this whole vaccine politics has been a really huge part of this entire pandemic where various countries are, you know, playing, you know, a cat and mouse game, trying to figure out a way to get the vaccine to their population faster than others. Now, China uh, was one of the few nations that developed its own vaccine known as the uh, Sinovac virus. But it's been shown that uh, through internal Chinese studies that the vaccine's effectiveness is less than standard. So, of course, uh, China has now shown that they are interested in getting help from other nations and making sure their vaccine is meeting the standard that the other vaccines on the market are currently advertising. Now, we know that the COVID-19 is a, is a kind of variant of the cold virus or coronaviruses, but not all is bad with the coronavirus family of viruses. A new study has shown that cancer patients may actually get benefits when being treated with various cancer-killing therapies that are actually used um, by um, physicians to treat patients. Um, this is actually interesting, a uh, new kind of fancy bioscience type situation here where doctors at NYU Health have um, found a new way to treat patients with cancer by giving them a coronavirus, a coronavirus infection with a special type of DNA that can actually go in there, target and attack cells that are cancerous. This can be very effective in helping reduce the size of various uh, cancers by having these cells go in there and only kill cancer cells. And, you know, it's been very effective in helping shrink tumors and actually treating various types of cancer, especially skin cancer. 
There was actually one I study that used this kind of coronavirus killing a mechanism, and they were able to successfully shrink melanoma in about 47% of patients. So again, I know the coronavirus has gotten a lot of bad rap due to this COVID-19 thing, but the coronavirus has been a center of research for many years, and there's many actually effective therapies being created with the coronavirus uh, type viruses. So again, um, there are you know a lot of different things that we have to look at here when we look at this whole entire vaccine play. So we're gonna definitely do that. Now, let's talk about another study. It's really been, uh, you know, kind of getting a lot of play on the social medias. So recently, the United States has called for pause after a rare clotting case um, began to emerge due um, to people who received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, if you recall, the AstraZeneca vaccine faced a similar issue in this country in countries in Europe, especially the Netherlands, where it was actually paused as well, and later on authorized people 50 and over. Now, here in the United States, the CDC has joined with uh, various uh, government groups to actually call for a halt across the country to make sure that the rare blood clotting disorder that emerged is something that we should not worry about. Now, here's the reality. Um, it's believed that um, in the United States, about 7 million people have received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. And it's believed that out of these 7 million, there's a pot, there is about six people, kind of one, two, three, four, five, six individuals who have reported a rare clotting disorder called um, a blood clot, which is actually very dangerous and very serious. But the reality is, you know, because of these six individuals and some of the other concerns we're hearing about, and just overall general fear of vaccines that we're experiencing currently, the the people, you know, in the administration, in the federal administration, in the CDC, felt that it was best to pause the further administration of the Johnson & Johnson to make sure that, you know, further testing is done to ensure that the safety of the vaccine is fully evaluated. Now, that being said, the numbers are extremely low. Six out of seven million is pretty, pretty rare. Uh, it's a fairly, actually, I think, good profile, despite those six individuals who have had a complication. You know, we have millions of people who have received the vaccine without very much any complication, at least nothing reported. Now, um, that being said, even other vaccines like the Pfizer and the Moderna have even had a lower side effect profile. So, you know, because of the, you know, everyone loves bad news and when there's something bad in the media, it gets spread and tweeted, retweeted multiple times more than, you know, other, you know, headlines. For instance, if we put out a headline saying millions doing well with vaccine, no one will really care. But if we say, you know, side effects killing people who receive the vaccine, that's gonna get more attention. So that's just the reality. And unfortunately, because of this, you know, there's an abundance of caution, which I think is actually good. And if we wanna, let's make sure the vaccine is fully safe, even though the side effect profile, in my opinion, is actually quite good. There's actually other medications that are currently on the market, like Tylenol, or even everyone's favorite birth control pills, which is well known in the medical community to cause blood clots and be very dangerous in that regard. It's believed actually one in 1,400 people who take birth control are at risk of developing vaccines. It's far lower than the one, and at this point, uh, one million people who potentially may develop a clot when receiving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So let's put things in perspective, guys. I know it's you know fun to be scared and fun to promote fear, but the reality is that the vaccines are actually doing a tremendous job in reducing the death and uh, disability of people who do get the infection. So putting things in perspective, um, I think, you know, Johnson Johnson is on pause currently, but if you already received it and you're worried about what you're hearing, please uh, uh, don't get too concerned. Most, the vast majority of people who receive it are doing just fine. 
That being said, you know, if you're someone who's prone to developing um, blood clots, like you have a history of blood clots, or you're maybe, um, you know, very sedentary, you're sitting around a lot, you smoke, recently had surgery, um, those are conditions that can improve, increase your clotting risk. So it's possible you can maybe wait or opt for another uh, shot if you do have the option. But again, for the most part, the vast majority of people who receive the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and the other vaccines are actually doing fairly well. So I think, uh, you know, right now it's more, more for an abundance of caution to ensure that, um, you know, all the research is done as opposed to a true concern of some horrible side effect from this infection. All right, guys, so we're about to toward the end of the show here, and I like to give just a lot of general information to help people kind of make sure they tidy up those fitness goals they've been looking at. And the one thing I wanted to do, just a brief little, uh, quick little uh, um, section here, just talking about ways to ensure that you're getting yourself ready um, for that fitness kind of journey you want to continue, uh, especially during the spring months. Now, the sun's coming out, it's going to be nice, people are going to be outdoors. Hopefully, you know, a lot more people are going to be vaccinated things will be back to normal as far as events and activities. So, you know, definitely want to make sure you you be safe out here when you're looking at re-entering into society. Um, I always tell people, especially if you're looking at going back to the gym, maybe you've been out of the gym for a while, you know, and maybe you haven't been in shape because you've been sitting around a lot. Make sure that you're taking it, you know, the appropriate steps to ensure that your fitness is where it needs to be. Go slow, guys, I think is the first thing I want to tell you. Um, you know, if you've been, let's say, even sitting on your butt for about a year and a half now because you're afraid of going out of your house, You've been vaccinated now, you're feeling like you're about to re-enter society, you may have gained some weight. You know, the COVID-19 or the COVID-10, <laughs> COVID-19 meaning 19 pounds actually is the thing now, not just the 19 on the virus. COVID-19 is pretty much what we're seeing. People are gaining 10 to 19 pounds, you know, from not being as active. So, you know, make sure that, you know, when you're getting back out there, you, you first and foremost, you take it slow. You know, take it, you know, if you've been, you know, sedentary, you know, you want to probably consider getting a medical checkup first. And then maybe take it easy. Maybe the first time go out for 15, 30 minutes, light exercise, and then do that for a week or two, and then slowly ramp up the intensity, ramp up the duration to ensure that you're not doing the most and getting, you know, overexerting yourself early on. Number two, find ways to make sure you keep it in your daily routine. Now, as we stated, you know, you know, people are now re-entering into society, going back to the gym, maybe going out to group activities, bike riding. Look at finding ways to create activities that you can keep up with and that you're going to enjoy. If you're doing a group activity, make sure you find people you actually like to hang out with so you can actually be encouraged to go. If you're doing an activity, make sure, something, make sure it's something that you actually enjoy, like bike riding, mountain climbing, you know, doing things that you find exciting, you find fun, and with people you enjoy hanging around with. Those will really help you kind of keep up with your chosen activity and will ensure that you stick to it because that's really the best way to ensure you're going to have success. Now, another thing you need to make sure you're doing, like we said it before on this show, eat whole, real food. Avoid the processed garbage. Again, anything we, what we say to this show, stated on this show many times, is that inflammation is the key. Reducing inflammation is really the battle here. COVID-19 causes a super inflammatory response, and it's part of the reason why it causes so much damage to all your organs, really. So food, real whole food, can be super effective in helping helping your body be ready to fight some of these inflammatory issues and creating an environment that makes it difficult for these infections to really thrive due to you know, you know, the food that you can consume, especially those rich in antioxidants and other nutritious uh, components, right? And you got, you, nothing, you got to make this a lifestyle. This is not something you can do 10 days, you're back, you know, you're where you're looking or where you're, you're looking, how you're looking, meaning you've lost weight, you've gained the muscle mass, you've done whatever you wanted to do. 
You have to make this a daily thing, guys. Um, this should be an everyday thing where you don't think about it anymore, and that's how you really start to see results. You know, it's not about starving yourself for two weeks to lose weight and then going back to an unhealthy lifestyle after those two weeks are done. Keep it a regular routine. That's why it's so important to find food you like to eat, do things you like to do, hang with people you like to hang with so that you can not feel like you're suffering yourself to, you know, maintain that routine, right? And lastly, I don't, not lastly, one more, two more tips. Make sure you guys are sleeping. You can't really function. Your body can't do what it needs to do if you're sleep deprived. Stress levels are higher. You actually have more inflammation, setting yourself up for a lot of badness. And we've talked about the badness all day. Check the old episodes if you're concerned about what sleep can do for not getting enough of it. And lastly, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. You guys know that I'm a big fan of water. Water is really the best thing you can be putting in your body. I prefer, of course, reverse osmosis. You can put that in your house. A few hundred dollars, set it up and have a constant supply of bottled water. Um, and you want to make sure that drinking water is an integral part of your daily routine. I give people a loose estimate from women, 2 liters a day. For men, 2.5 to 3 liters a day. You need to be drinking regularly. This will help everything from skin development, skin clarity, weight loss, metabolism boosting, energy boosting, neurological function. You think, think smarter, you're going to be more alert, more awake. Just overall better life. So again, drink water, drink water, drink water. Don't know what else to say about that, but drink more water. And uh, that being said, just do those things, you know, saying try to keep up with, you know, your plans and stick through it. That's really the best way to ensure success. And that's all for, help for today's show. I am your host, Dr. Barry. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I know it's been a crazy episode and we've talked a lot about coronavirus, but you know what? I want you guys to be ready because again, you know, this virus is going to be with us for a while and we're going to talk about some of the long-term kind of implications of what we think may happen as far as how society will kind of re-normalize itself in the age of the COVID-19. So again, thanks for listening or watching the show today. Stay tuned. We have a lot of more exciting entertainment on Afro Vibes Television. And of course, all those guys who are downloading uh, the podcast continue doing so. We're going to be updating that as regularly as well. And, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Barry, signing out.